fourth official soccer podcast. This is the part two of our two-part series of the quarterfinals preview. Uh, so yesterday we talked about the first two games, which was the Netherlands-Argentina game and the Croatia-Brazil game. In this episode, we're going to go in depth into the England and France and Morocco and Portugal game. Of course, as usual, I have with me uh, Justin and Manny. Justin, how are you doing? Doing great. Happy to be back to talk more quarterfinals. Yeah, ready for part two. Uh, I think this should actually be the exciting part of the quarterfinals. And Manny, how are you feeling about the next two phases of, of the quarterfinals? Uh, looking forward to my predictions being right and coming to fruition. Okay, well, we'll see if we have any surprises or any crazy predictions. Uh, Justin, I'm looking at you, but let's dive right in. Um, all right, let's let's move on to Good to the, the third game. On Saturday, we have England and France. Um, not going to lie, I obviously had England going out in the group stage. I was, I think it was more of a hope, but I've actually been impressed. Um, been impressed with Maguire um, and, and, and defensively England. I think I think that they're known for their defense, at least uh, under the waistcoat era. Um, I think, but I do think, you know, Sakai is playing well. I, I think Hurricane is really linking up well with the the four the front uh, the the forward players. Rashford is on fire. Like things are actually looking good for England. Um, so do we smell an upset here? And, and and you know, going over to France, obviously we have high school score right now is Mbappe on fire. Giroud is on fire. Like, I mean, let's not even talk about Giroud because he's a fantastic player. And Theo Hernandez, you know, Milan just, you know, killing it for in, in this World Cup, basically. So I have to call them out. But we have two good teams. And and, and I think I, I can probably tell where probably all, both of you will lean towards. But maybe maybe not, actually. Maybe I should ask, like, like, what are we thinking in this game? What is the sort of what's Southgate going to do? Because we know that he's the one that will need to tweak something. Because um, I think France will play the way they, they normally play, right? So any, any thoughts about, about this game? I smell something. I might smell an upset. I think I might smell an upset. Oof. I think we should take, okay. I think we should collectively, this is our mea culpa, collectively, take a moment to appreciate the fact that Waistcoat has done a pretty good job with this team. Like, we we, we are all kind of down on England, but they have looked pretty good. We have to admit they've looked pretty good. And I think it is to- totally in the realm of possibility that England pulls off the upset on Saturday. I don't, I'm not going to say definitively that's what's going to happen, but I, it's, it's, it is... I this is this is a toss up to me this game. I disagree. I I'm not surprised to hear that Manny. Tell me why. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um so first I just want to call out that France is getting I I France is amiss, I I think amiss all the things that was said about England and and for for the record we all did say that England was going to make it out of the group stage. We did say that. Uh, not all of us. Well, okay. I didn't. I, I, didn't. I, I said it okay. was USA. Most, and... of us, most of us said that England was going to make it out. But I am surprised that they have scored as much as they have and that they have played as well as they have. Now, having said that, there have been some recent, again, I think about kind of not only just the opponents that they've played, 
um, you know, basically Wales disappointed. Um, the U.S. That game was a snooze fest, right? Um, and then were we really surprised, you know, that that they that they end up getting this far and beating um, uh, what's it called? Um, who did they beat in this last round? Uh, Poland. 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 After the way that Poland looked, and Poland was one of those teams that was on the cusp that got lucky, they made it through by the skin of their teeth. No, no, right? no, no. Hold on. No, no. England, England clobbered Senegal in the round of 16. Oh, in- I'm sorry. That's fine. I was talking about thinking of France. No, no, no. Um, England just beat Poland, though, right? No. Wait. France, France beat Poland. No, that was France. That was France. I'm, I'm Who sorry. did England beat in this? They clobbered. Uh, Three nothing, and they were dominant. They dominated Senegal. Thank you. All right, Senegal. Senegal was one of those teams that, again, didn't have a Mane, and it was apparent the further they got, the more that they were gonna be missing him and that impact that he brought to the and team. And they missed uh, it just again in mid- midfield. He was suspended. He was suspended. That's true. Yeah, exactly. So, was it a surprise that they that they beat those teams? No. I think this is, again, one of those where England has had a the same way that they did, had the last World Cup, where they had a very formidable schedule, and it just happened to line up for them that they were that they had the easier path, so to speak, to a final. I think this is the same way, and their luck runs out um, with France, because I think France has something to prove, because they are on that cusp where they don't want to fall into that Belgium and the, in the way that Belgium has been categorized um, in this world cup, which is, which is like that golden generation, because you look at those, those, those players, you look at, uh, uh, Ugo Lloris, you look at, uh, Giroud, you look at a lot of those players and this is their last one. This is their last, this is their swan song essentially. Right. And what better way for Mbappe to kind of, elevate his name to that next tier of undeniable uncategorically world-class talent that he is than to continue on that golden boot race because he's more motivated than ever Giroud is more motivated than ever as well after breaking the all-time French scoring record right they didn't have a very good performance um they lost one game I, I think what was it in the group stage um uh, you mean France France, didn't they lose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, Again, was it, was like like a throw, it was a throwaway match. It was a throwaway, but I think it's still they're French. They're very proud. They don't want they don't want that going against them, right? It's the same way that Brazil. I think that's part of the same way that Brazil lost to Cameroon. They didn't really care about that game, but a loss is a loss, and then they took it out on South Korea, unfortunately, right? So I think in the same way, France is going to come out and. Most notably now with England, everything that's happened, there have been a lot of players or a few players that have departed from the squad as well. Uh, we've seen Ben White leave. Uh, reasons unknown. Sterling. We've seen Sterling. Sterling is a big one. Um, uh, a big one in the right direction. It's a positive, net positive for England. Wow. I'm talking <laughs> about in terms of the player <clears throat> player mentality. When... You have something like what happened to Sterling um, happened back home. It, it, it hits close to home for a lot of these players, right? Yep. 
because now, now these players are thinking, what if that can happen to my family, my home, my children, you know, my, you know, et cetera, whatever the case may be. I think that you, to get this far, you have to be 100% bought in mentality wise, which is, I think, what we're all saying Brazil looks very dangerous because they have, they're there. They're all on the same page. I think it wouldn't surprise me that maybe a few players for England have their heads turned by the news of them impacting home because it hits too close to home. We hit, we, we talked about this with Polish, with the Polish squad and what was going on prior to kicking off the world cup and how it might impact those players. Right. You just never know. Um, having said that, Mbappe is unstoppable right now. Harry Kane hasn't looked his best. Um, it's going to take a lot of players on the English squad to step up and try to replicate what they've been doing. And again, I look at England the way that I look at Argentina in the sense that I still don't think that they know what their best formation is or what their best lineup is because there's talks about how their wingbacks are hurt. Kyle Walker's not a 100%. Uh, Karen Trippier, etc. Those players are pivotal to the way that England plays. If those players are out and they have to kind of switch around and put uh, Trent Square. Oh God! I'm just trying to put. If they Trent put Trent in, if they put a Trent in, oh I guarantee oh you, Mbappe is going to have a hat trick uh, easily, easily. In one uh, goal, yeah. And so, so what I'm saying is like. I just don't think that um, that England has. I just don't trust waistcoat tactically to make the right decision to face up against France um, and compete with just Mbappe because it's going to take everything that they have on that back line. They're going to have to be the most disciplined they've ever been to kind of, I guess, zero out Mbappe and, and get him out of the game but yeah but i mean like that's the one thing that's the one thing under southgate that they have been consistently is disciplined in defense so bory like how do you how do you envision southgate is going to tactically tell them yeah. to play i'm glad you asked are they going to gonna... park the bus or what yes i think we're going to see the same um england that we saw in the last world cup where they were so boring they were not pragmatic they were just like i'm just going to stay back you come at me, we're gonna take you all the way to to either either we fast break you and, and, and counter, or we we take you to penalties. I think that's exactly what they're gonna do because think about it, all the opponents they've played, they played Wales, they played Senegal, they played uh, uh, well, I guess USA was the only tougher opponent, Iran. Like they didn't really, these are not teams known for their offense, right? Now they're going against Dembele, Mbappe, Giroud. Uh, I hate to say Griezmann, but I guess Griezmann, for some reason, he keeps playing. Um, my point is, they're going against world-class strikers. There's no way they're going to play the way they've been playing. And I and I think, I mean, it could play well for them. They could take them all the way to penalties, and then maybe they could win the game that way. Um, I just I just don't see how um, uh, Southgate is going to play the way he's been playing throughout uh, so far. So, so to Manny's point, I think, you know, like... They've. I don't think they've had enough tests so far. If I'm being honest, I think this is one team that like they've not really had enough tests. And and you could see against USA, the USA almost had them 
Um, I think honestly they were lucky to 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 have that draw, to be a draw. Personally, yeah. given 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 the USA, given the USA, you have to think about that. But yeah, now yeah, against but Mbappe the and the World Cup. I'm sorry, but like the context of that game, we have to remember the context of that game. Like Wales had beaten Iran. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Wales had lost to Iran earlier that day. England had no motivation to go. Like they didn't have to risk anything in that game. They knew that they were going to qualify as long as they just got a draw out of the USA. Um, I don't so think I, they I, were I, thinking that way. I don't think they were thinking. There's no way you can think that way. That was the second game. There was no way that you could think that way because you would think happened. that. But then we saw Triple G tell the USA to slow down and stop playing to just stop <laughs> stop trying to score. So coaches do wild class. things. Tactical uh, masterclass. From both sides, yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. they just what an let, awful they, game. They, I agree with Justin that I think if if Wales had won that game, then it would have been a completely different game. If they had been in Iran, yes. it would have been completely different. But the fact that they yes. lost, they were literally just playing for the tie. They were just let's get by these ninety minutes, all right, and and then that's it. Yeah. There, there was I, I completely agree, which was why it was a snooze fest. Which is why I fell asleep in the 84th minute of that game. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, give, given that we said that because of time, I, I think we, we need to move on. But um, right. I'm going to give it to France. I think France is going to win, but I don't think it would be like a wide margin. I think it would be like a 1 0 or like a 2 1. I'm going to give it to England just because. <laughs> nah, French. The French <laughs> are right. going to. The French are going to come on top. So, all right. So let's move on to the to the Cinderella Cinderella story. We have Morocco playing Portugal. Um, I think it's no no you know I think this is probably one of the the the, the biggest upsets in probably World Cup history. Uh, I may be wrong about that, but I think I think it is uh, at least from from my memory. Um, and uh, Morocco went through to Spain. I don't know what happened to Spain. I love the way they play, but um. They, they, let's not forget they beat Costa Rica 7-0. I thought, okay, scoring is not going to be the problem, but you know somehow they complicated things and, and that happened. Uh, and then Portugal is the other side of things. Who um, they look very good. They look very good as a team. Um, and but there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. And I think I already said this last. Maybe 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 it was on a channel. I can't remember, but I think I already said this before. I don't know why in the world Ronaldo decided to do that in that Manchester United interview. Whatever he did, I think that was a stupid, stupid decision to do it at a time that may potentially affect Portugal. And I'm not saying that this is the reason why he was benched last last game, but you can see this that like that because that interview I felt maybe left a, a bad taste in people's mouths and and maybe the coach carried that frustration or maybe he saw that and it was like holy crap like i, I don't know my, my my point is i think ronaldo's really caused himself a lot of unnecessary issues i think you could just kept quiet waited for the the walk-up to come not br- bring any kind of light to him because he's playing on the walk-up and i think that may be affecting him because if you see the chances he's missing he's always offside like all of that is playing in his head and it's sad to see that it's going this way, yeah. um, uh, given that he's, no, this is definitely his last World Cup. Any thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Everything that you said, Bori. Stupid decision to do that interview. Um, he just, you know, it, it's, 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 what's sad to see is his, 
refusal to acknowledge that he's a different player. Like we have seen, I hate to, you know, I, I don't hate, I love to bring up Messi. So I'll bring up Messi again. Um, Messi is adopt, adapted as a player. As he's aged, he's changed. He's understood his role is different now. He's adapted accordingly. Ronaldo kind of just seems like he can't accept the fact that he's not a star um, forward and, and like the key attack, like, you know, not going to be the linchpin of every attack, every single, like every single game. And like when he came on as a substitute, we're going to talk about what happened against Switzerland and what that's going to mean for Portugal going forward. But uh, Ronaldo came on as a substitute, obviously, to much fanfare. The fans obviously still seem to support him. They were chanting his name. Probably not just even Portuguese fans. You know, Ronaldo's got a lot of fans worldwide. So the whole stadium was like chanting for him. He came on for like the last 10 minutes and promptly just like continued to make like really poorly timed runs. Like you said before, like it's like shocking. Like there's that one run, right? I don't know if I remember. It's like it was the there's a turnover. The whole defensive line of Switzerland was like pressed up at the midway at the uh, half uh, half up the field at the midway line. Jeez, and um, Ronaldo was like started his run like three four seconds early. He was he was like a mile off sides, and he just kept on running. And it's like how like it's just it was baffling to me. Like how do, how does a how does a striker of his caliber of his experience going on like almost like whatever 20 plus years worth of playing at the highest level not like he how could he make that mistake to start his run exactly. that early right so it's he's obviously up like caught up in his head it's a lot of mentality issues i think probably going on with him but he refuses to acknowledge that like he's not that player anymore maybe after the results after seeing what happened with switzerland maybe that will change but i doubt it yeah, and so 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 speaking about Switzerland game, um, Manny, what do you think will happen in this Morocco game? Uh, do do we see Ronaldo from the beginning, or, or do we still see would we see Gonzalo Ramos uh, uh, continue in his top form and start so, the game? So it's interesting how you guys are the points that you guys are bringing up about Ronaldo because this is what happens when you score a goal and then you don't get credit for it. You just try your hardest to keep trying to score goals and you're trying to force something to happen and it just doesn't. And that's what's happening to Ronaldo. You know, like think about um, Are you talking are you referring to his various offside Harry goals Gate. or Harry Harry Gate. Gate. <laughs> which one? Hey, hey, listen, I, I hair is still part of the body, right? And it counts. And he Did he touch his hair though? That's that's the question I have. Maybe I'm, maybe a hair. Listen. Listen, I needed that goal for my for my team, all right? But it is what it is. Truth now, comes out eventually, man. And now he's trying to he's trying his hardest. But it, in all seriousness, I think you know it's one of those things where uh, have you ever tried to do something so hard? You know, like you try to force something to happen and it just doesn't happen. The more you force it, the least like chance that it happens. You know, that's what's that's what's going on with Portugal. And I was actually surprised, like the world shocked that he wasn't in the lineup um, because he's Ronaldo, right? And he's, we all, so first of all, one thing that we will say that we all have to take blame for, you know, Mia culpa is we all said that he was a coach on this team and it's clearly not. I did. I did. Too, he's yeah. not the coach. He's just the assistant. Uh, so having said that, he clearly still has, uh, there's a hierarchy there on the staff. The coach still, you know, runs the show there. And kudos to him 
we're bringing on a relatively unknown player about 72 hours ago and now making him probably the next hottest target in world football, right? James Rodriguez, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, because that's yeah. exactly what happened. Um, now, the way that, that, you know, to you all's point, maybe that at the point that Ronaldo came on, the, the game was already decided. You know, they were already up, what was it, uh, half a dozen goals or just about. The game's yeah. already, like, gone at that point. And it's Ronaldo's a competitor. He's always going to try to score. He's always trying to get his name in the in the you know in the spotlight. So he had to do that. But that I was surprised to see Portugal play such free flowing football with him out of the lineup, and not just like him out of the lineup, but some of the players like Ramos and Norta, who are unknown, relatively unknown, not anymore, obviously, but. Leading up to that game, these were players that a lot of people were like, who are they? Where are they playing? Or why are they playing? And the fact that he took a gamble and it paid off, you know, I, I think it's a, a step in the right direction. Um, to me, I I would use him in the same manner that, that you all just called out where he's coming off the bench. He's, he's that super sub. Give us maybe like he's still an X factor, you know, but not quite what he used to be. I'm starting, I'm rolling out with that same lineup that they that they started with against uh, the Swiss. And I'm playing it that way. And then I'm, I'm making changes as needed, bring him on if they're trailing or whatever the case may be, if they need something else or, you know, an extra attacker. But to me, you know, I think this team goes as far as Ronaldo is willing to accept his new role, which is on the bench. And not make it about himself, rather just the team. Right. So yeah. if he can so, learn to do that between now and whenever they play, yeah, yeah. then they can get as far. Like they're gonna go as far as him stepping out of the spotlight and be being a true team player. Right. And if that doesn't well, happen, and another interview kicks off, part three with Piers Morgan between now and then. <laughs> then that's as far as Portugal goes in this tournament. <laughs> oh, God. Justin, you wouldn't say something. So do you, do you all think that the same trick, if, you, if we can call it that, of playing this lineup and having Gonzalo Ramos leading the line you, can work, you read can my work mind. twice? Can work twice in a row. Yeah, I th- honestly, I think Switzerland was caught off guard. Switzerland was just like caught out. And right. Ramos scored so quickly and so unexpectedly that then they were just like thrown for a loop. They they game planned obviously for a different Portuguese what lineup. Yeah. Doesn't well, work doesn't also, work doesn't work twice in a row. Is well, my let's, question. Let's be real. And I'm not saying I mean of course Ronaldo is one of the one of the, the, the top players that we've ever seen in this game, right? So so the thing is you have to also consider the opponent, right? This opponent they've not considered a goal except an own goal that was scored, right? So Morocco is only considered, I believe they've only considered one goal and, and they, it was an own goal. So um, that said, I mean, you can't put someone like Ronaldo in that game. He's been misfiring, not only for, for Portugal, but also back in, in Manchester United when he, you know, uh, during the season. So you want to put somebody that is red hot, right? So whether that's Gonzalo or, or 
Andre Silva, who's actually done okay this season also, right? So my, my point is like, I don't like I don't know about everything else around Gonzalo and maybe potentially Ronaldo, but I would still put Gonzalo because he's red hot, he has that confidence, and then you're going against a team that have a very solid defense. So you get just gotta make sure you gotta make sure you're putting somebody that's firing, right? Like you can't put somebody that that isn't firing, whether that person was the goat or not. So you can't you can't do that right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think agree. I, I I agree as well. Um, as much as I would like to see Morocco continue on the Cinderella run, I just I, I think the last game took a lot out of them physically and emotionally and mentally. Um, you saw a lot of their players cramping up towards the end, possibly uh, some lingering injuries. Um, uh, you know, I think about what was it like an extra time when their captain uh roman size looked like he pulled the hammy um trying to clear a ball um i i think that morocco doesn't have unfortunately the 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 quality and the depth that they need to take their chances and make the most of their chances because their chances are far and few in between the way that we saw against spain like and I think that Portugal, after showing what they showed in this against the Swiss, like they will not want to go out against Morocco of all teams after putting up that performance against the Swiss. Um, and to your point, Justin, like I, I think, yes, Switzerland was caught was caught off guard as we, you know, the rest of the world was that we're not. Wow, this is a completely different lineup. Like. Does the coach know what he's doing and it paid off? I think it does work again because these players have played. They're on that high where after the game was um, already like done and dusted against Switzerland, you saw a lot of those changes coming through. You know, those players that are starters uh, coming off, being subbed off early, whereas the Moroccan players had to play the entire 90 plus an extra 30 plus go to PKs and then, you know, they have to do that. Um, they don't have as much time to recover and rest. And I think that's going to be the difference is you're going to see those players be tired. I think it's finally going to hit them. And Portugal, man, if they roll out with that same lineup, uh, I, I think yeah. they, they, they can make it to pretty far. I think well, they might they make it to, further than they have to play France. If that's the case, um, and I or think, England. And, oh, are we? Still they have to play with? France, so that'll England. be interesting. I thought that was a joke, Justin. Um, anyways, all right, let, no, let's, I let's got, move on. Well, I got a question oh, for you though, Mori. Before we move on, yeah. mm-hmm. the two big stars. I mean, like every World Cup, obviously, we get a, um, a James Rod- Rodriguez, right? We get like that that player, a diamond in the rough, the diamond in the rough, and we already talked about Cody Gakpo. Obviously, but he, you know, he's obviously the big one coming out. Also big coming out of this, uh, one Raphael Leao, I think, is going to be in high demand. And I wonder, Bori, what's Milan's strategy for holding on to him? Or are you going to cash in come January? Which would you like well, to see happen? I would I would love for us to cash, cash in, uh, given our, our financial states. But I would say that we also have a new 
American owner and he's all about uh, you know giving people what they want now so so I wouldn't be surprised if we renewed him he, uh, Leal has a, a an issue with his uh, his club uh, uh, with the Lille and Sport in Lisbon um, you know there's some he has to pay basically 19 million dollars or something like that in, in fine um, so he's really looking for the highest bidder and I think um, you know he's asking for for some money now and I think we're normally don't do that but I think because of the American owner I think he's actually agreed that yes we would actually pay him that money that he's asking for so but if I were if I were Milan if we could get like let's say 75% of his release clause which is 150 million I would yeah. just take it and run just take it and run and let's buy two people to to fill his role back or something I, I don't know like there's a car for in in, in Leipzig Someone's uh, gonna come. Someone's gonna uh, come knocking with a big, a big bag full of like, yeah, seventy plus millions. I think. Yeah. Todd Bowley sends we'll his regards. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was, I, I, I was thinking about someone in my head, uh, Manny. Yeah. So <laughs> when I said that. Did you just spend like seventy million on, on Concord? Like I I'm, was like. I'm that. just letting you know. He sends his regards. Not. Yeah. I gotta save that for Ronaldo's wages. All right. All right. Fine. Um. Anyways, let's. Uh, so I think I think we're. I, I mean, I don't know what you all are saying. I'm gonna give my prediction. My prediction is that Morocco will actually do an upset here. It will be an upset. They're going to start Ronaldo because Hell yeah. they want to go with the fairy tale story, and he's going to miss a bunch of goals. And Morocco is going to capitalize on that, and they will win. Manny, I'm sorry, but. Uh... Morocco can only conquer half of Iberia. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I, I wish they... I, in, I guess in my heart, I feel like, yes, they would, but my head says, no, they won't. And I have to go with my head over my heart here. Um, I just feel like they, they're going to run out of gas. I think that game against Spain took a lot more out of them um, than they would care to admit. And Portugal is is refreshed. That was a walk in the park, what they did to Switzerland. So I'm going with All right. Justin. So in the past few years, nations have been putting together their bids, collecting um, the, the information, the personnel they need to put in a bid for the 2030 World Cup. Um, and one of those bids is an Iberian bid with Portugal and Spain saying they're going to co-host. And a couple of years ago, there was like the, the prime minister of Spain had actually approached the king of Morocco about having a tri-party hosted World Cup. Uh, the first cross-confederation World Cup with Spain, Portugal, Morocco. It's a wonderful idea. And then it got shut down. UEFA came in. Portuguese and Spanish confederations nixed. They said this is all politics, and they said, no, no, no. This is a Spain, Portugal, Europe-only bid. Morocco <laughs> is going to have their revenge, knock out, they've knocked out Spain. They're coming for Portugal, revenge tour. If you don't want to include us in your bid, that's all right. We're just going to take the, the cup home ourselves. I was wondering what this was I'm going. Not, but... I'm not mad. I'm actually not mad at that. I, I'm not mad at that at all. Morocco beating Portugal. That's the... They can't. They they're not gonna be able to surprise them the way they did to Switzerland. That you're gonna have a different result. 
All right, all right. I think, yeah, I, I think Morocco defensively will be strong, but, you know, it's it's what they do in France, and, and they miss a lot of chances against that's, that's Spain. So, you know, maybe it's a penalty. A lot of, a lot of easy so, chances. Easy chances, yeah, that's correct. All right, well, uh, I know we ha- we're out of time. Man, do you want to really just quickly blow through the, the yellow card, red card? Yeah, so this segment is uh, I'm going to do a, a yellow card. This is for all my uh, the, the newcomers, American, that were supporting the U.S. men's national team and supporting them in the manner that they thought that they would get further than they actually did and that they actually had a chance to make an impact with Greg Barhalter and his selection of players to take to this World Cup. And then I'm going to do another yellow card that turns into a red card to those same Americans for thinking that we can roll out with Gregory Berhalter for another four years and expect that the results are going to be any different in 2026 when we have the world looking at us here at home soil go out in the group stages. So that's Oof. my double yellow. Just just hope just hope that maybe in the Gold Cup or whatever they they'll lose and then they'll fire him because I agree. Yeah. They they cannot do the same thing in the next World Cup. They need an actual classic coach to give them a chance of going far. Um, Amen. So Roberto Martinez is available. Yes, <laughs> and I would actually. I know you all are laughing, but I actually think it will be a good fit. <laughs> hey, oh. you know, I, they, I agree. We cannot reward mediocrity with mediocrity, fellas. Okay, <laughs> that's not, that's not the point here. All right. Well, anyways, that's all we have today. Thank you so much for listening. We're on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We'll talk to you next time. See you. Bye-bye.